Hey everybody, and welcome to another week of board shenanigans. Let's not be honest. As Let's always, be honest, I... Cody. Let's be honest. Welcome to another month of board shenanigans. Hey everybody, and welcome to another year of board shenanigans. As <laughs> or welcome to another decade, another millennium of board shenanigans. As always, I'm joined by the venerable Reverend Ryan Brewer, a man whose face is an international incident. Yes, and I am joined by Cody Jeems. Every- Every form of sex with him is a political act. What's that you say? Political themed insults? Are we going to talk about the about the latest presidential debate? No, no, not we're this not. This time around, anyways. We probably should. We have an idea for the presidential debate that we didn't actually ever plan out or you know set in motion. Ah, so things that could have been cast. exactly. Uh, but honestly, we could do it any time as long as it's before the president's elected, whoever that is. I think we could do it at any time ever, and nobody minds. True, because, too. You know, board shenanigans. Yeah. Our timeline is not fluid. Yeah, basically that. You know, I mean, and uh, honestly, I hope this election is just called as a mulligan. <laughs> just throw away all the candidates and let's start over. All of them. Yes. Whoever is <laughs> listening right now, yes, even your favorite candidate, throw them away. <laughs> That's right. Let's 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 just let's start over. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Obama. I didn't hate him like some people did, but I'm I think he's he, he's due for one more year. Just one more. <laughs> let's start over. And honestly, if you can't agree with that statement, you need just need to go back to Al Qaeda because I don't. No, I don't no, no, no. It's ISIS how now. Bad it's not you Al Qaeda. Every prospect is worse. No, 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 no. It, it's not Al Qaeda anymore. We have it's ISIS oh. now. That, 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 that's that's Eurasia this oh, time. Oh, it's the Brotherhood. Yes, the U.S. has always been at war with ISIS. Oh, yes, U.S. is always at war with ISIS. Al Qaeda has always been our ally. <laughs> so yes, if none of if so, what, I I don't know. Is if, that a segue? A did we just seg- stumble across the segue, Cody? Well. I sure did, because I fucking think I sustained some sort of, like, cranial fracture trying to stumble across that one, because that was just bad. Um, anyway, yeah, so, we did Orwell all month as reviews and articles, and Brewer Brewer just did 1984, in which I feel is honestly probably the bell of the ball all month, um, the one he comes in and owns all the shit that I did, but... (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, not all of us can write, like, a a two-and-a-half-page essay on the topic. (laughs) Well... In fairness, though, the entire month was built around 1984 because I knew you were reading it. So I, I, I did really kind of expect this to be the star of the show. And I felt that you definitely delivered, sir. Why, thank you. I, I, I hope so, it was enjoyable to you. And as far as all the listeners go, my initial plan was, one, to get the review done before the last day of the month. But as we all know, that's Brewer's style of of doing everything. Get it done the very last moment it can be. Um... But uh, other than that, you know, I, you know, I, you know, essays are fun too, other than reviews, right? We all, we all like that. But my intent was, I wanted to, if it wasn't this taking this long, I was going to, my plan was to actually write the entire thing in Newspeak first and then, and then give you a translation below it. Um, I don't, I, I'm, I might even have a taste of what that sounds like here. I don't know. I'm going to promise you something that I don't even know if I can deliver on right now because I might've wrote this on a different computer. Well, while he's searching through the you know, the archives to try and find this, um, I definitely enjoyed theming an entire month out of out of one author. It was 
a bit more challenging than I think I initially thought, but I definitely enjoyed it from, as say stated, I liked Orwell before. So having, I feel legitimately an even firmer grasp of his works than I did prior. I will definitely say there's a few things that I learned. I, I fully dig about him. I, I will, I will maintain his essays are stellar. Um, I bought, I bought a collection of his. If y'all need something to read, Google Orwell essays, especially the why I write one. That one was pretty goddamn awesome. But there, he's very, very good at that. Probably, I would dare say, I think he's the best essayist I've ever read. Not that that was ever a thing I really went out of my way to find, but. All in all, I really enjoyed it. Plus, I, I liked it because I don't necessarily share all of his political thoughts, but I really enjoyed being pushed to think as I read, in a way. You know, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, it was a good month. Uh, I would say, I would, you know, of all the stuff I read, I'd say the essays were the biggest surprise that I enjoyed. Um, the poetry was definitely the biggest disappointment. And Animal Farm is still my favorite book. In, which I actually intended to, to read through Animal Farm as well, just to do it, but didn't get around to that. Um, which I know was a very sh- honestly, 1984 is not a long novel either. No, it's, it's not. It's 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 barely a novel. I feel because as I've said many times, like it's really, and I think I hit the the nail on the head with my with, in my synopsis of it. Um, of <laughs> of that, it was really he wanted to do Plato's Republic, but couldn't figure out how to do it. Well, one Which thing that is I, I the most pretentious thing I think I've said in a long time, by the way. Let, let's point it out there that I'm aware of that. <laughs> like, oh yes, right. he was trying to do you know, yes, yeah, um, George Orwell was trying to do his own take on uh, Plato's The Republic. Though you know, technically the main character that is Socrates, but as we know, Socrates never wrote anything down, and for all we know, it was a manifestation of Plato's imagination. Um, but. <laughs> You know, of, of of where in the Republic he first shows a functional and perfect society that is horribly oppressive, and then contrasts it in a style that is more the true form that he thinks would be the most uh, uh, perfect form of society. You know, whatever. Orwell did the first half of it. Maybe he planned a sequel that would have been the second half of the Republic? I don't know. A 1985, as it were? One thing that one thing that I really kind of dug, especially like you know, because I I read I read more than I reviewed on the on the site because some of it I just I didn't feel was up to a review and honestly I didn't have as much time as I wanted. I mean, goddamn, I feel like I cranked out a lot. I, I think so. I honestly yeah. felt like I did pretty. I think I did pretty good. Um, but one of the things I, I really truly enjoyed about Orwell and re- reading his entire, you know, basic, I feel a very large sample set of his, of his work was how it really did kind of culminate as the last thing he wrote, the last book he wrote was his swan song and then he died. It was like, I have contributed everything that everything's built to this. I can die now is almost the vibe I got because he, Died, I think, a year or two after after nineteen eighty four came out. I, that seems like something I've read before, but I don't remember exactly. I think he died in nineteen fifty. Yeah, it came out in nineteen forty nine, and he died in nineteen fifty. So, um, yeah, but, but and I've always kind of thought like the one time I read read Animal Farm in a way, I think that's sort of like the closest thing to a prequel to nineteen eighty four. You you can really say because I think a lot of the themes in it might have been what led up to the revolution in it in nineteen eighty four. Obviously, without animals, though. Right. Well, 
he said that, in, and that was one thing I, I really enjoyed. And I, I wish more fiction art authors wrote essays the way he did, um, because it's very insightful to see into why he why he wrote some of the things he wrote or his process of. It's it's really kind of nice to see the whole the whole dissection of it. I, I really enjoyed that, and maybe it's because I write too, and it's nice seeing the inner workings a little bit. See, I I haven't but, read those yet, so. I don't know if I don't know if any of my interpretations are necessarily what he meant them to be, and which so so I don't I don't know I I might have been interpreting everything he wrote as wrong, but I don't know that he's really the kind that was would take an interpretation as the wrong interpretation. Um, he doesn't really strike me as that kind of person. However, it was fun to know like I, before this, I honestly before Orwell month, I didn't know that George Orwell was a pen name. I did not know oh. that. It was actually it was actually Eric Arthur Blair. Oh, really? Um, hmm. he was. It, why, was why, would, why would you choose the name George Orwell then? I, yeah, I don't really. I feel that Eric Arthur Blair is almost a better name than George well, Orwell in a way. The problem with that though is Eric Arthur Blair is clearly the name of a serial killer. Uh, that's true. Is it, it is. Yeah, Eric Arthur. Cause, I mean, John Wilkes Booth. You know, come on, man. John Wayne. Yeah, Gacy. They, they all have three names. Uh, Lord Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was one thing that I, I definitely enjoyed with his stuff is just how open he was with this whole process. Cause I don't, I don't think you get a lot of that. Um, plus he legitimately, his works of his novels were not particularly popular in his era. They were okay, but he was pretty much a journalist and like, then he did novels that he became much more famous for <clears throat> later. So because of high school, that was kind of interesting <laughs> because of high school is making him making kids read them. I think that, and then I honestly think that I th- I think that the '60s helped a lot. I I, I really do. Um, but I I don't know. I like I said. I I, I enjoyed it. It was a, it was good. Um, I also like for instance, if you need a good just tea he uh, moment, I would suggest his I suggest his uh, essay on how to make tea and the importance of why gentlemen drink tea. That was fun. Um, also, apparently, he was extremely homophobic and would call, like, his friends that were gay Nancys to their face. I read that and, before, yeah. Like, like th- there, was, there was no, like, he had no no time for the gays. And, um, and, and there may be a part of him being a product. Which is interesting, because he goes out of his way to, and, and well, it, it may, hold on. I, I, I thought too deep on what I was saying here for a minute, and I got lost. Uh, but it, this just happened live. I, I was about to say, it's interesting because in 1984, he goes out of his way to say that there, that Oceania is, is free of all discrimination. But, you know, race, color, none of that matters. You know, you know, sexual predications, none of that matters. But it is also him describing a society that he, that he hates. So maybe, maybe that is proof of his like you know homophobia and and maybe racism he's like people living together you know blacks and whites and gays and straights all living together ah no yeah and then the other thing the other thing that was definitely um the other thing that was definitely very obvious as he as you find out about it was and it's i think part of it was probably his own perspective and part of it was him showing sort of how imperialistic imperialistic Britain was, but it's pretty obvious that white Europeans are kind of above all the colonists that they, you know, in whatever country they were in. That that, that kind of became sort of obvious through reading it, but that's, 
I don't necessarily think that that's a negative thing. From, okay, I, I, I guess I enjoy the fact that this was the world that he lived in, and we express it in that way, and you can still take value from it, because it's kind of nice that there's somebody who has the, the I don't know, deficiencies, if you want to use those words. Whereas, okay, he's kind of a racist, and he's probably homophobic, and he was a like extremely heavy smoker, but we can still enjoy the fact that he wrote some of the most iconic works of all time. Um, because I don't, I feel that that gets lost in the political, politically correct world that we have now. Because people would find some reason to freak out about why you should, you should not, you know, how they do with Hemingway. Oh well, he was, he was, he was anti-feminine, so you know, he he was obviously a misogynist, so his works are invalid. And I always hate that. Yeah, and I remember. Um... I know his reasoning for calling Britain Airstrip One was, which I, I actually thought George Orwell was an American because of the statement he said about that, of like how, how we always, how, how he thought America was only interested in, in, in being allies with Britain was so they could use him as, as a military base. And that's the reason why Britain was known as Airstrip One in, in 1984 was it was that was him that was another piece of pl- political commentary for the, but only, only political commentary for the 40s. <laughs> Well, he was actually born in India mm. whenever it was, you know, part of the British rule because he worked for the he was a he was a cop for like 5 or 10 years in Burma. Mm. So, well there you go. See? We all learned a little something. I, but one, one one thing that I I mean, you know, like I said, I I really enjoyed this month. I I definitely enjoyed theme month. Um, I, I guess, you know, cause I, I, I feel that I learned a lot about Orwell and, you know, I know you got, I know you distinctly put a lot of time into doing 1984, which that's pretty fair to say that's like your favorite book. Probably. Yeah. Which I don't know what that says about me, so, but so, so uh, since I know that you, you know, like I said, this was always kind of going to be the star of the show or the bell of the ball or whatever the fuck was having 1984 reviewed. So just like hit some of our listeners with a couple of the highlights of things that you kind of found in it that were really interesting or you looked at it a different way or, you know, just, just hit us with some of this stuff. Let, let, let's, let's 1984 first. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Um, one, one, I'm going to start off with like a personal story of being like, of, of being having my memory rewritten about 1984 in the style of 1984, like a better way to put it um all of you might remember i hope so if not i'm gonna describe it to you uh anyways so it doesn't matter in um an episode of star trek next generation there was the only way to describe it the 1984 episode where captain mccard gets captured by the cardassians and is is tortured and he is like stripped naked and put in this room in front of in front of the 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 enemy and he's he he just has him there all the all the time and starving him and all this stuff and dehydrating him and he's hanging there like naked so you get to see patrick stewart but if you would if you're interested in that it, it looks a lot like the top of his head. In seeing that, Bo- both smooth <laughs> and shiny and perfectly round. Um, <laughs> it is the most stately of behinds. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a man with an ass that should be knighted. Exactly. Um, in fact, I hear that when the when the queen did knight him as Sir Patrick Stewart, he they, he bent around backwards and she put the sword across his ass. Yes. <laughs> Um, anywho, in that, uh, one of the titular features of it, not to use the word titular when ass is being said, um, was that he's standing there in front of these, these big, four big, four big bright spotlights come on. And the Cardassian asks him, how many lights do you see? Now, I just told you there were four of them. And Captain Picard told him there were four of them. But the Cardassian would say, no, there are five lights there. There are five lights. And, and, and in it, 
you know, and then, and then whenever he says it's wrong, he would dial up this knob on this device that he had that would then torture him to different levels. Now, if you've read 1984, there's a scene in there where, when Winston, our, our, the person we follow, I don't know if he's the protagonist, but the person that the story follows, um, is being tortured by another character, O'Brien, who was, you know, the, who takes the place of the Cardassian in this and asks a very similar question, you know, and in my mind, I actually was remembering back on 1980. It's been a while since I've thought this. I'm, I'm aware of this now, but like, I don't know if you would have asked me five years ago, um, in that same scene, it was also four spotlights in 1984 that he was, that O'Brien was asking him about. Well, no, it was much simpler. O'Brien held up four fingers four fingers and and asked him how many fingers do you see he's like no there are four i was like no but there's there's definitely five is what what o'brien would say and in my mind it it was rewritten because of that star trek episode i thought the two were like i thought both scenes were like exactly the same except for captain card was being hanged from the ceiling where o'brien was was strapping winston to a table i thought they were the exact same other than that I thought he was naked throughout the entire process, and it was four spotlights. That's wrong. He was clothed, and, except for a very, a very small moment of it, which is saying a lot for 1984. There is a lot of nudity in that book. There is so much full frontal in there those was. texts. Like, there... like, the most unattractive sex scenes ever happen in it. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, like, you just, it was the least sexy sex ever. I mean, admit, or, <laughs> elderly porn has nothing on less sexy sex than yeah, this. Yeah, like, I mean, no one is screaming, you know, fuck me, George Orwell. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, the most depressing lay of all time. Yeah, it, it, exactly, yeah, because there is so much sex in it. Like I said, if, and if you do watch the movie, which gets a few things right, the thing that gets the, the, the most right it is the, the sex. It gets the tone. Well, in the tone, I mean, yeah, the overall tone, I think it does an excellent job of, but this is just not a... Just read the fucking book. Yeah, because he's like... Because it's not even O'Brien, it's like O'Malley or something, or O'Shanahan, O... Yeah, 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 yeah. O... Yeah, yeah. it's... And the, they cut their... It's it's weird, and there's like this weird hopeful ending. Yeah, which is not the way... That's, that's, that's exactly not even right at all. I mean... I feel of all the things to get wrong in 1984, the ending's the key thing to not get wrong. I mean, you could do, like, some weird modern interpretation or something, like how they'll do with Shakespeare where they'll put it in a really different time, or whatever. You could do all that, but as long as... Oh, Romeo and Juliet, yeah, they actually live happily ever after in the end, or something. Like, you kind of can't do that. And to make it where it's, like, all, like... Oh well, here's this weird hopeful ending, and we look at each other in the in the cafe, and we think, mm-hmm. and you know, I hate that. No, wrong, wrong. Yeah, wrong. I, I kind of actually want to watch through it again just because I have just recently read the book, but I don't know exactly how how ne- necessary I need to see John Hurt's penis right now is. Which, by the way, ladies, well, I mean, it, isn't it? If, if you really enjoyed the the War Doctor out there, you Doctor Who fans, want to see what his bush looks like? <laughs> Like, seriously, like, they they get that right for sure. I, I mean, not not as... They almost spent a lot of time talking about Bush and... <laughs> so if, you know, Elephant Man and, you know, Alien did it for you and you want to see Kane's penis really bad, um, this is your opportunity. Yeah. Oh, he was in Viva Vendetta? 
Yeah, he was. I can't remember the character's name. Yeah, he was in Deep. I, I just googled him right now because honestly, the only, the only things I really know him from are are nineteen eighty four, like a movie that probably very few people actually saw. And oh, he's also. I mean, he's Professor Broom and fucking Hellboy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Is that if that's not enough to make you want to see a knob? I don't know what is. I. Because once again, in my mind, I feel like I don't know if you see. You definitely see his bush. That's all I know. I don't know if you actually see 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 his his, his bobo. I guess. His, well, I'll, I'll look. I'll look up John Hurt naked and see if you get to see it in nineteen. I, I, I don't know if he's. I don't know if you actually see his little wound. His his little hurt. But maybe he had a pandate over. it. I don't know. Um, anywho, um, where was I before I got stuck on on his penis? Ah, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> Where was I before I got stuck on his penis? Oh. It, I, I, except, honestly, though, I am praising the fact that they that they went that far with it, they, that they decided that they're like, no, no, we're going to oh, keep all yeah, the weird totally. dirty sex in it. Um, which is probably, like, the mildest of dirty sex, but in the world of 1984, like, missionary is considered taboo, so it was super hot to them. <laughs> like... If there was a blowjob in it, it would have blew their minds. Everyone's minds. Oh yeah, yeah. All all minds would be completely lost. But, but I mean, as far as other interesting things, I I felt that going through it again is, um, I one one key thing is so nothing can be nothing can be like believed in the story really. Like everything that everybody tells you about the world is just you have to look at at some degree of skepticism because just like i don't know if this is propaganda or if it's true or what but the there is a fake book within the book written by emmanuel goldstein called the theories and practices of oligarchical collectivism um I, and there, there is there is no influence from Emmanuel Goldstein and any Emmanuels you may or may not know. <laughs> it was clearly Jesus' real first name. It's Emmanuel Jesus oh, yeah, Christ. Totally. Yes. Also like a serial killer. Uh, well, you definitely get to see John Hurt's ass, but I don't think you get to see his dog. Uh, yeah. um, he was in a movie called The Naked Truth that is complicating my research. Uh-huh. But so for everybody out there, you definitely get to. See I, I think ass. you can see some like full frontal female though. I think you get to see some like puss. Well, oh, yeah, let me yeah, rephrase you that. See, you get to see some. You get to see some bush <laughs> there for sure. <laughs> with, with, but I thought we were far more concerned with John Hurt. True, so. true. I, I guess they didn't want that X rating because I know right feminists isn't that bad. Like you can show you can show a vagina like just all up in it and like like oh let me see those clits. But but the moment and it'd still be an R rating. But the moment you start seeing you know like some like uncircumcised hairy man's you know <laughs> you know floppy <laughs> floppy unerect fetus you know with varicose ulcers and like and like sores <laughs> and malnourishment that would give you an X rating. So we can't do that. Yeah, I definitely know that in, for instance, in uh, fucking Twenty Eight Days Later, when you open with full fun- frontal man man dick, you don't you don't get to see that in the in the R rated, but in the unrated version, you do get to see Clive. I think it's Clive Owen that's in it. You definitely get to see his. I don't even remember who it is. I just remember the full. Frontal like, all dick. I remember is I love that dick. And that was a like fuck the zombies. I just want more of I that. I want to see him kill zombies with his dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Actually, didn't you see I'm that sure porn that once? That, I'm sure that porn. I exists. thought you saw it once. Uh, probably. No, I, it, that's what. That's a story for another day. Um, which it's gonna be weird because it sounds like I'm gonna be telling us telling you a story about yourself. But did you like like once rent zombie porn from someplace? Like you would all. You, oh yeah, like, yeah. The there's uh, yeah. You you definitely. I and what they do is like they'll suck you off and then like as you're coming they'll bite your dick off or something. It was uh, it, it was definitely that. Mm, anywho, um. Um. Uh. Uh. I lost my train of thought on on. Oh, any. Um. One of the. Th- I. I'm just gonna ignore whatever I was saying before that all happened. <laughs> just, That's probably why. Because I lost my train of thought because of because of penis. Um. Do with that sentence what you will, people of the internet. <laughs> um. Anywho, I feel one of the things I, I, I learned in there for sure is, I guess I, guess I was talking about Emmanuel Goldstein. Um, if anything he is he, he writes in his book is to be believed, I feel like the timeline of the party is very short. Like, the, like Big Brother's probably at the very most been around for, like, no longer than 30 years. And, right. I mean, I guess that's a long time, but in, like, to establish an entirely new paradigm across the entire surface of the Earth... That seems very short to me. Granted, like, they're only realistically, you know, controlling 13% of the population is part of the party. You know, and the other, like, 80-something percent is, is all proles, and they don't give a fuck about them, which is a very key feature, I think, in this story. Um, but just the idea that they can have such wide striping, like, you know, economic and, like, wartime and, like, mind control and all this, but only be that small my, minority of of the populace that's either in the inner or outer party i don't know which leads me to think two things one oceania is not you know one of three giant super states that exist that exists you know and and honestly when you look at the map controls the most territory of like all of north america and like all and like all of australia and like all of south america and like and and like all these island nations and stuff and like controlling these big swaths of like europe and like big swaths of like you know africa at, at points in time maybe they're actually only as big as the british island Maybe it's like maybe it's like North uh, like a North Korea situation where it's where it's like just one crazy nation walling itself off from the entire world and just making up its own reality while everybody else is experiencing the 80s we all know and love of cocaine and well Perry Bush cocaine Harry Bush you know you know muscle cars um, um, you know MacGyver. <laughs> A, the A-team, you know, maybe all the rest of the world's doing that, and Britain is just in this weird backwards nation. That That, that is one thing. And everyone's like, oh, look at them over there being all weird and oppressed and stuff. Eh, should we do anything about it? Nah, we're not the kind of people that march into other people's countries and tell them what to do. I mean, are you, are you kidding me? Like, we've got... We've got story. We've got stories and Guns and Roses and fucking shit happening here. Like we don't give a like, fucking Ferris Bueller's day off. Now. Exactly. Like what? What do you think's going on over there? Fuck you guys. Like let's leave those Nancy tr- tea drinkers to their thing. You know, or, or or maybe like all these wars and like the war in Africa they're talking about. Um, maybe that's you know along the lines of like maybe it maybe it very much is a North Korea situation. Though his predictive powers would be amazing if that was the case. Of, you know, maybe it's similar to the, the Korean conflict that we all know and love from MASH. You know, the police action over there. Because <laughs> I can use my own newspeak, too. I, I know that, I know that, like, you know, because uh, whenever I was going, whenever I cheated and went through the Spark Notes and read about the last of book three before this uh, episode, um, 
I know you're kind of the thing with this being walled off in its own its own world. I definitely see some validity to that because the paradigm between the party members and the proles almost comes off like the proles are just look at the party members in their blue overalls and their big buildings with big pyramid shaped buildings that say weird, you know, wars peace and and ministry of loves and all that shit are probably like what a bunch of crazy fucking cultists. They're just like almost oh they're nuts and we don't even really pay attention to them like we live it's almost to the point where it's like and since you can't trust anything in that book at all it's it's actually kind of amazing that orwell seemed to have made like ultra fiction you know where it's so there's like fiction within fiction and you can't even trust any of it at all um but it almost comes off like the proles are just these people living in kind of a war-torn society, at, like rebuilding the economy after some big war, and they're just living their lives, and there's these crazy fucking cultists over there and that believe in this big brother and follow each other around and talk about thought crimes and only have sex for the sake of political... or for the sake of, like, procreation. It's fucking weirdos. Yeah, like... Because we hump for fun over exactly. here. Exactly. We have prostitutes with no teeth. <laughs> we have hairy red armed ladies that fucking sing every morning. What do you exactly. got? Um, and they're those, those weird cultists in their blue or their black overalls. I don't get in their their giant TVs. It's a passing fad <laughs> that television. They never turn those things off. I know they're they're couch potatoes. Is what they are. They don't have a work ethic. We're here in these mines doing things. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that that's like an interesting thought is like yeah, what if you know, you know what if they are just, you know, all, only doing their own thing and 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 part of me thinks like like I said I I think the proles are the most free even even if you look at the society as what it's supposed to be. I I think they no matter what the proles are the freest. Now, once again if you also treat the society as what it is, there's an entire department, you know, they're, you know, devoted to making prole feed as they describe it, you know, l- you know, crappy dime store novels or like you're like magazines about celebrities or whatever or like, you know, you know, weird dirty porn mags and like and like and, music you know, like, that is created I'm, I'm, entirely through you know a versificator some sort of machine that just slaps together like songs and sounds and the proles are like woo doggy look at these because they're cockney and that's how they speak don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> woo doggy look at these boobies and this fun noise I want to dance exactly too. yeah like yeehaw drop, drop that beat there mm. yeah. oh <laughs> I'd like a nice cup of tea, please, along with it, with this here, this here with this scone. Uh. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I just, well, I didn't want to disgrace the Cockneys the way Dick Van Dyke did. Oh, uh, there, you know, there's still, there's still like needs to be reparations paid by the Van Dyke. You know, family, or I don't even know if Dick Van Dyke's still alive, honestly. <laughs> but he still needs to be apologizing for that. Like he should still do his we his tour of tour of England and go and like hug <laughs> what, small what, what is cockade tour? Yes, it should like Dick Van Dyke's cockade tour. <laughs> he and he, like, he goes too, around because his name like, is Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> he he like goes town to town like. I apologize for my callous and unholy use of a Cockney accent during Mary Poppins. Like, I did not realize in my youth the things that, the crimes that would be created. And there's like some little kid, they're like, you're a monster! 
or I guess in traditional cognitive, to be like, oh, you're, you're a dang monster. <laughs> and, you know. What in the blue blazes are you doing over there? <laughs> we don't take too kindly to that disgracing of our natural tongue like that. Well, yeah. I mean, rednecks are like the American cockneys, right? I I think so. I don't really know what, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really nope, understand what I... <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, they're definitely like, definitely like the American colonies. Yeah. It, you know, whatever. Um, but regardless, the, the, these, these, these redneck cockneys, which I would like to see that. Yeah, you know, actually, on a side note to redneck cockneys, because yeah. I don't know how else I'm going to shoehorn this into this conversation. I was retelling the tale of, uh, Jarrett, go, our, our jazz man on the inside, our man on location, uh, going to Germany and going to the neo-Nazi bar. And how, how, you know, how, how Nazis are, 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 are German rednecks. Like, yeah, and so I just, like, really would like the concept of, like, to see a redneck German neo-Nazi. I just, I, I would just really like, like, God dang it, I just want to see Dale Earnhardt race his car in heaven and them dang Jews get out of here. Zig high, you know, but with the German accent, like, you know, oh God, you want, I don't even know if I can do this. In my head, it would be something between Colonel Clink and like, and then fucking Joe Dirt, but I'm not mm. sure. Make your own, make your own fun noises. Uh, once people. again, like, imagine those been, two together. Our lives have been improved by being Wayne Brady. Hmm. If we could all just be Wayne Brady for a moment, our lives would be better. Um, can't we? I think we all wanted to wanted to do that, though. I think so. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like the the redneck Cockneys, that I you know they go about their lives. They you know sure sure they are controlled by you know Entertainment Weekly or whatever. Um. The 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 striking like predictive power of that I still feel is probably his, his best prediction of like. Oh yeah, there'll be this all. There'll be this trashy TV that'll be produced just for like the masses to keep them, co- you know, comfy. Uh, mm. And then we see the real world, which isn't real at all. And ah, uh, anywho, and keeping up with the Kardashians, not the Kardashians that I was talking about earlier, though. Yeah, see, I thought part of their, that torture scene might be like having to watch that terrible reality show. Like, do you think that has seriously has the fucking Star Trek universe collectively gotten together to sue the Kardashians and tell them that they've basically stolen their name, like product infringement? I, I guess it is just different enough. I, you know, if if only we could have seen that weird mashup thing on like an episode of Family Guy for that five seconds that it happens, but but sadly we will not. Because <laughs> that would have been actually having to watch Family Guy. So, you know, ten years of pain yeah. for, like, three seconds of funny. Yeah. Anywho. Eh. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring you down with Family yeah, Guy. Yeah, you did. It's okay. Um, I don't, you know, that that's kind of like one of my thoughts, though, was, like, you, no matter what, I think they're, the, the pros are all right, as as it were. You know, they're, they're just like, ah, oh, we met the new boss. He's the same as the old boss. We won't get fooled again. I swear it. Uh... uh <laughs> But I, I guess the, the the premise of the revolution was, and it was, at least from what the party says, it was people got fed up with the capitalists, which are basically the Monopoly Man. Because um, that's exactly how they always describe him. It was like, oh, yes, top hats. Oh, yes, they had little canes and, and they and they were fat and they had all these, these big suits. <laughs> like, apparently capitalists and Mr. Peanut are the yeah, same. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Um, and they'd make you kiss their rings and, like, get off the streets and things, or get off the sidewalks into the streets. Um, 
And but like one of the proles specifically says, he's like, "Oh yeah, I had a top hat that I wore for like weddings and stuff," <laughs> which I think is hilarious that that was a conversation in the book. Like, oh yeah, you know, top hats. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Out of fashion, which I mean, is what he know. says. He's like, they're out of fashion. You know, huh? That's that's just suspicious. I mean, you know, ta- you know, because yeah, often he'll walk up to a pro and they'll be like, <laughs> actually, the fucking joke I missed was, you know, capitalists with their top hats and diamond rings, they don't care about a single thing. You know, <laughs> Why? that's the joke. Oh, I Oh yeah, that's true. Now, when they step out, they do sure do you in. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, I'm sorry. I, I just had to go backwards. I had to pull a Brit there for a minute. Like, this was the joke I was going to do. This is it. The joke here. Well, don't worry. Joke. Every, everyone's crazy for an Ingslock, man. Uh, uh, very true. But Nice. Yeah, so so they, were, they were revolting against the capitalists who apparently had grown to such monopoly that, that they, you know, very few people owned, owned a lot of things. Um, I don't know where he gets an idea of this from. Uh, and though he does specifically say it was the top 2%. So, so I'm going to refer to them as the two percenters. The two percenters, <laughs> um, not the skimmers or the holers. Um, uh, they owned they owned everything, and then Ingsoc, as it was known before the revolution, was English socialism. Was you know trying to do away with the capitalists to get rid of them and take them out of power and put the power back in the hands of the people, right? Because those are the people that need the power. You know, we can't have these big, giant corporations running everything and these overreaching governments, you know, coming in and telling us what to do with their top hats. The amount of times top hats were mentioned in that book, I'm just saying. (laughs) You think that that was another personal dislike of his? Like, I don't like totalitarianism or top hats. Those two things are just bad. I hated Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But then, you know, obviously it becomes just as controlling as before, as he puts it, you know, you know, you, the proles are still living the exact same life they did before, but now they're doing it for new masters because Orwell seems to have a very negative thought on the third class, you know, the, the lower, the lowest class of like, oh, no matter what, they're just a tool. No, no, no matter what the society is, the third class is always the tool just to be used as a, as a source of energy, you know, for revolution or whatever. And it's, it's the middle class. It's always looking to try to get, you get one up on the, on the first class and the first class goal is all just to stay in power. And, uh, I think Ingsoc and the party has successfully gotten rid of the first class. And like, I, I think, I think they won. Like, and I think probably for a little while, whatever they revolted against succeeded and, and made things better. But very much in that same way of, uh, Animal Farm, where the rules kept getting changed and changed. Like, you know, no animal shall kill another animal without a cause and all this stuff like that. And unless it's Thursday. And kept getting added and added like that. You know, some animals are more evil yeah. than others. And yeah. I, I, I think, like, I think that's sort of what happened until, like, the party did away with its own leadership. Because um, Winston mentions seeing a picture of, like, party founders who were then labeled as thought criminals and, and, you know, executed. And Goldstein is supposed to be a party founder who decided he didn't like the party and, like, is on the lam. And it... Which is this weird, like, you know, and then Big Brother. I mean, I don't think Big Brother was his Christian name, Cody. He, he wasn't Mr. Brothers, I don't think. 
Oh, um, wow. So he somehow his name changed, but he was supposed to be a party member, and he was probably executed by his own party, you know, early on. It, it, and it's this weird, like, God-Satan thing, because you're like, well, if the party is as strong as it is, it is, like, omnipotent and omnipresent, why can't they get rid of Satan? You know, why, 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 why can't Yahweh kill Goldstein, you know? <laughs> Right. It's just like, which, I mean, granted, it's supposed to be, that's part of the whole double thing thing, but, you know, that we all accept, but it it is this acceptance of, like, it, it's very much, it's that religion of politics thing that I sometimes, you know, harp about, and, and occasionally, like, you know, under my breath, accuse Cody of, I'm sure you've heard me do that, of like, oh, well, you're following a political party, you're following this political party, like, oh, no, we're Republicans, because Republicans are Republicans, and my father was a Republican, and and, and you're insulting me by being a Jew, I mean a Democrat, <laughs> and so I, I you know, I, I see a lot of that, and, but I don't know, like, as far as other weird things I've noticed in there, like, so I, along the lines of, like, the, the proles being the freest, I, I don't think there is, I think everybody is the freest, like, I don't actually think there is any leader at all in Oceania, whether, no matter how big it is, particularly if it's, like, worldwide, or as big as it claims to be, I don't think there is anybody in charge. I think the collectivism part of the oligarchical collectivism, because they blatantly say that the oligarchy part is not father to son, but it's, you know, it's it's idea to idea, it's it's the dead imposing their, their lineage on the living, you know, so they're, the, 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 the heredity is everybody keeping the idea in check, and that and that's where the collectivism part comes in where they're all kind of just brought up knowing something so that is the way they are you know like why do we not like to go to the 13th floor of a building well because we were told that that's bad luck or you know why do we leave pennies on the ground when they're tails up well because that's bad luck i i think that might be kind of where the whole thought crimes come from is it's just people refusing to like, a thought crime is people refusing to fall for, um, you know, that ingrained knowledge. You know, obviously coyotes are super, you know, roadrunners are super tall because they're as tall as a coyote standing on its legs. I've seen it. <laughs> what is a cartoon ever lie Exactly. So part of me thinks that, like, the reason the thought police exist is because somebody was just, the thought police are the fanatics. You know, they're like, I'm going to catch somebody, you know, doing the wrong thing. And Winston does his job because he's like, well, I was told this is the job I was placed in. I'm going to rewrite history because that's my job is to rewrite history. O'Brien's job is what he is because that's just what he thinks he needs to be. And like, they're like, you know, all the, uh, apparently all these military leaders on the front lines, if that's to be believed. And they're doing their job because they're like, well, the enemy's over that hill. I need to stop that enemy. Like, there is no grand plans, and because, as as Goldstein says, the party is deeply inefficient, and that's what makes it work, is how inefficient it is. Like, you know, things are just thrown away because that's what keeps people in check. So the more inefficient they are, the more effective they are. So I don't know if... I, I think it truly exists in this weird state of, like, anarchy, but, like... They are they are so anarchistic that they have controlled themselves. Like it's an it's an anarchist it, it's like an anarchist you know apocalypse like like a libertarian nightmare. You know just this 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 pure form of freedom turned itself in on itself. See, and one thing I definitely took from between your article and kind of going through and like reading what I read of it uh, again is the level of dis trust you kind of have for everything presented to you 
You, you know, like, it, it's just, it's just like that whole thing where you can't, it, it, do you believe, do you believe Winston? Do you believe O'Brien? Do you believe what, do you believe Goldstein? Can you believe any of mm. it? Do you believe Orwell? Is this actually a book? <laughs> You know, it, oh, it, it turns it, out it, it it's goes, a fruit stand. <laughs> that was a fruit stand the whole time. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, it definitely, I definitely can agree. I, I can agree with you on the whole like cult North Korea walled off thing. I can see that, but I also really don't know that I believe that there is, you know, oh, I don't know that oh, this worldwide war that because. It gets depicted as is necessarily what's there, you know. Like I, I don't, I don't know that the 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 summary that we or even the summary I got off of Spark Notes earlier today. I, you know, you read the you read the the summary and that's good, and then they do the analysis, and I don't know that that necessarily matches up. I don't know that it is the warning of a totalitarian society and keeping your government in check. I don't know that that was really Orwell's message. Yeah, I I, I don't I, think I that don't was think it was. I, I, and this could be this could be me almost parroting what what Winston says about any good book, but part of me thinks like you know, which I guess what he said was uh, describing that the uh, it is in a sense he told about Goldstein's books. He said it reassured him in a sense it it told him nothing new, but but that was part of the attraction. It said what he would have said had it been possible to set his scattered thoughts in order. It was a product of of a mind similar to his own, but enormously more powerful and more systematic, less fear ridden. The, the the best the best books he perceived are those that tell you what you already know, which to me was the most interesting sentence in there. The, the, and so part of me thinks, what if he's saying exactly what I've always said? Government needs to be as big as it needs to be and no bigger. You know, it needs to exist in a certain amount, but can't go further than that and can't go under that. Maybe that's well, what he was saying. One, one, one thing I took from, from this and then some of other, just since we're sort of just in general Orwell, like especially from, from Animal Farm, because that's one of the books I've just read so many times. But one of the things I took out of it and read, you know, doing 1984 now was that notion of, is the new asshole any better than the old asshole? Maybe you should just be grateful for what you got. Because if you get the new person, maybe worse. And that definitely comes across in Animal Farm, and it, do- it comes across in the subtext in this book as well. Of, of like, and revolution is inherently bad? If it's just, is that change and bloodshed and all the things involved with it really worth what you're going to get? Because are you going to get something better? Yeah. You know, maybe you're better off just with what you got than with what you think you want. Yeah, because I I think like it has been characterized that you know Orwell's always saying like oh we have to watch out for people doing this we have to watch out for people coming in and stealing our privacy and our freedom you know that's what he was afraid of and then like I there was even I think it was even like a PBS like little vignette story thing about some guy who some old guy who said something to the effect of like you know like oh George Orwell your t- your time has come and gone it was the big quote in it but but. I don't think he was afraid of someone coming and taking our freedom and, and our privacy. I think he was actually afraid of what has happened or is going to happen of people giving it up willfully because, you know, like they're they're willing to like give away some of their privacy and willing to give away some of their their stuff for for security's sake. And it's not that someone would come in and take it, but they'll they'll someone someone will see that someone's selling something and being willing to buy it. 
Right. And it's it's almost like the entire book is a be careful what's told to you, be careful what's offered, don't get buyer's remorse. It's almost that instead of, you know, be ever vigilant. Because, and that's another thing with with the, because, you know, the Orwellian stuff and double think and your two plus two is five and all these sort of things that get quoted and talked about, I almost feel they're at like a pop culture level of people that may not be necessarily that familiar with the text. Yeah. Because how is that the the assertion you've taken from this whenever there's so much more to it that I don't know that you can ever really understand it. I don't know that it's just a warning about, a warning about, you know, oh, God, they're going to come in and take everything that you care about and everything that you want and, you know, ever vigilance and, you know, that, that sort of deal. I don't think that that's necessarily yeah what he was getting at. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Like, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not a, it's not a warning of, it's not a warning of them, it's a warning of you. And it's honestly one of those things I'd be interested to see, since he was so vocal on his own work and analyzing his own things, what would his opinion be of how his work is interpreted now? Yeah. Would it be, would he be like, that's not what I meant? He's, he's like, I actually, I just meant to tell you that television was bad. <laughs> he's like, he's like. I just wanted to, the importance of a good fuck now and again was all I was getting at. Jesus, you people read too much into this. <laughs> yeah, because because that's the thing is I I feel the reason the only reason why you can trust Goldstein's book inside the book is because it just feels so preachy and like that was what he meant to say. It it's, it, it is sounds more it sounds more like, as like such a that it does right. It's such a different. You know, it's such a different presentation. It's such a different, different feeling. It's almost, you know, it's held up with such reverence and like, this is what we mean sort of thing that it, it you, yes, I would agree that that's supposed to be the truth within there. It, yes. I, I think it's, yeah, it's supposed to be, but then like, but then we think of the source of like, well, actually, you know, O'Brien claims to be the writer of, uh, well, him and, you know, as no book Cody has written by only one author anymore. That'd be preposterous. Right. But everything's co-written or ghostwritten. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, O'Brien claims to be been on the, on the group that made Goldstein's book. But O'Brien also thinks he could rise above the floors if he was a soap bubble if the party wished him to. <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, and and I just think, I do kind of only think that Doubleday can only take you so far. And, unless you are tortured to the, the extent that, that Winston is. And, which we didn't actually mention on here, that was by ourselves, that maybe that torture is how you make an inner party member? Like, because I was always... Cause yeah, yeah this, this is a conversation we had off air, and it's like, I almost wonder if that is the initiation into the cult. Like, you, you saw these were the rules... And you thought just enough to th- to be outside of them, so now we're gonna really, really go out of our way to get you know, you know hey, you passed the test. Yeah, some somebody now that we're just gonna torture you and brainwash you. Know, you. Yeah. you believe that at face value obviously doesn't care regardless. They're like, oh yeah, sure, that's true. Why not? But maybe someone that takes a moment to believe it then question it. You know, if we can make them stop questioning it, we would then have fully converted them. And, you know, pain is the only true thing, as he said, isn't there, or something to that effect. You know, how, how do you know a man's obeying you? Because he's in pain, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, it, it would su- support the cult theory or the whatever, you know, that, that, because 
I actually thought it said this outright, but it it doesn't in the second reading through. This is another one of those things I I guess I misremembered. But I kind of always assume that when Winston is released at the end, he became an inner party member. Like that was him. Like because because he keeps mentioning he's like oh well he was like he's healthier and fatter than he's ever been and he's got a a better job and like more free time and like apparently his drinks are just paid for him now in bars. And if if you're if that's not being an inner party member, I don't know what is. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, so, but I don't know if they ever actually mentioned he was wearing different clothes. I I can't, I don't remember hearing that this time through, but that was always my, that was always kind of what I pictured was they broke him down and remade him like they said he would, they would do. And he truly believed in Big Brother and the principles of Ingsoc and, and it fell for, he's now, he's now falls for all the stuff and he's a, he is a good thinker. So I always kind of assumed that that's how you made a leader constant torture but well i mean that might be the only way that hillary actually got it <laughs> yeah it would explain a lot though i don't know i think trump's double think is pretty strong yeah, that's very <laughs> true he he does he does practice duck speak quite well he does um, <laughs> yeah his followers do seem to think of the concept of black white quite well <laughs> I I don't know, I don't know. If it honestly, if, 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 if maybe it's just trendy to say I don't know, but honestly, if any political candidate has ever been closest to an Orwellian candidate, I think it is Donald Trump. Oh yeah, I I I think that that everybody's made that. You know, I, I guess if I could ever see anybody running for the you know let's get let's get uh, term limits abolished and having the Nixon of Watchmen, I would see it being Donald Trump. Yeah, um, I mean he already likes to put his name all over everything. Just saying. Very true. Um, his face does stand out on a poster. He he apparently has over has used what what was it? He used he used uh, uh, um, uh, money for for cha- charity money to do posters of himself. So right. I don't know. That sounds kind of big brothery. If anyone wanted a nickname, it'd be him. So I don't know what his nickname would be. Uh, Mako Shiona Great Again. That's what his fucking. True. Yeah. Hat. How is that not like a a political fucking smarm yet? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, how has somebody not made Cody, that let's funny do it. shirt? Let's let's just take a picture. We'll just you know get a nice a nice you know you know drawn picture of a uh, of of Donald Trump. We'll put him on a a nice red and blue background right below it. Right and make you know you know the Donald is watching you. Mako Shiona Great Again and disseminate it to the masses. Well, then we then we need to uh, we need to have it equally. Well, no, okay, <laughs> you know we could do that, and then we could just have a picture of Hillary Clinton and just put uh, you know, some some politicians are more equal there than others. Go. There we go. We got this. We got we got we got our meme game up. Now. Exactly. Gary Johnson's could just say, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please don't interview me. I'm terrible <laughs> at it. Because he is. Oh God. It, it takes a lot to be worse at being interviewed than Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm really glad that like all my advocating for like vote for third party and th- this, this is, is who you get. This, you know, now this is how I have, I have to explain this to people. It's like, yeah, I just, I, I, like I said, that's fun for me. I, I don't know. I mean, can, can we can we just have Taft again? <laughs> Bring back Taft. <laughs> Make America fat again. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just. Uh, it kind of makes you long for the days of Richard Nixon sometimes. Does <laughs> yes. it? I'm going to go with that sentence. Why not? 
He was comic book funny, <laughs> not 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 Bond villain funny, like everybody else that we have going for us. Anyway, that's my political statement. Everybody now is a Bond villain. I want like I want like wacky like second gen Joker. <laughs> why can't we just? Have, if you're gonna be a p- bad politician, why can't you be like the ones in the Western with the top hat and the big twirly exactly. mustache? Exactly. Uh, anywho, speaking of speaking of oppression. And, um, and you know, an economic downtroddenness. Um, another friend of ours got yes. married. <laughs> <laughs> they did. <laughs> that was a far better segue than mine. That's right. And as is, as is tradition to all, all members of the Board Shenanigans Kate Club, well, really, just be the, what, what do we call it? Like, Kate Club? I guess the first rule of Kate Club is you can't I, talk I about I was always Kate referred Club. to as Hectic Cakes. He- yeah, Hectic okay, Cakes so- Limited? He- yeah, Hectic Cakes Hectic, Limited, that's good. Hectic Cakes and Co. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so er- Ernie tied the old knot, so then he got the old Hectic Cake, if you know what I'm saying. Oh! Uh, and for uh, for all of those all those who have who have participated in a Hectic Cake who couldn't be with us, we poured one out for our homies that couldn't be yes, there. Yes, we poured some batter on the but, floor um, for you. We did, we did. Um Brandy was mad, so I hope you appreciate that, Matt. But anyway, uh, so I would feel that if with our with our fourth hectic cake, that we truly achieved something great. Um, we made cakes great again. You know, we we did. We we rose to the occasion. We we got that that cake to the goddamn moon. We we did a fine fine job with it. You you know, it's not often it's not often that you you would as personally achieve things so fantastic, but we managed yes. to. We choose to build a cake in this decade and do the other thing, <laughs> not because it is easy, but because it is hard. Ask not what you can do for your cake, what but your ask cake what your do cake for can, you. can do for you. The only thing to fear is cakes itself. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this cake. Though, speaking of walls, there was almost a wall in the cake. Well, there sort of was, there actually, was even. Wall. There was a wall in that cake. It was, and we uh, made Ernie p- pay for it himself. <laughs> he had to build it and pay for it, and then we took all the credit. So this time around, it was a diorama of a hectic cake, which I think if it, if the diorama would have worked, I would have felt it would have gone against the, the qualities that make it a hectic cake because there would have been a theme. Uh, but because oh, it, very true. But because it failed, I felt it was okay. Um Cody, would you like to describe the? Would you like to tell us a little story uh, on? Maybe don't even describe the cake. Maybe tell us the story, like the backstory behind the cake. Okay, so the the simple villagers of of Snickers Town were going about going about their their everyday lives upon upon their brownie their brownie land, sowing the fields, hoping that the chocolate crops will rise. You know, trying to trying to get the cat the, the kids off to school and take care of them, you know. The cat might have been in the cradle with the silver spoon. They were trying to, you know, see the little boy blue and the man in the moon. And then from the from you know, as as Browniepia borders borders the va- the vast ocean ocean land where the, long ago the high the high tinfoil walls were built, there was a sudden shriek and terror and panic filled the unsuspecting Snickers you know, as Oh, gummy worm tentacles rose over the sides, and then what is it? Oh God, it's the dreaded bunt cake monster from hell with its gnashing, gnashing fangs of 
What do you call those? What are those fucking things called? Pumpkin. Nashy cookie fangs or candy, candy fangs. C- candy corn fangs. <laughs> That's the one. I just wanted to watch you work could, it through. <laughs> I couldn't go there called. Nashy candy corn fangs. And as it came over, oh god, there went Murphy. He went down. Oh, run for your lives. There, there goes, there goes, you know, Cap- Captain Louisia, the head of the god. Oh, it's the worst thing in the world. Things are being destroyed. The poor people are, are wide-eyed. There, there's no hope. There's no hope whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, we made we made a we made a cake monster attacking a cake village. It was. It was, was, awesome. it was pretty enjoyable. And then we coated it in tin foil, and no one could see what it looked like again, as tradition. Um, and, and then had uh had Ernie's new wife unveil it for everybody. Who her 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 facial expressions were all we could hope for and more. Oh yeah, completely. Of like, what am I doing? What did I get myself into? I'm surprised it's not just. Do a I giant really want to open this in front of? Do I want to really open this in front of my family? There's kids here. Your friends are kind of fucking ridiculous. But but we persevered. Our, our cake monster tore down the tore down that wall, and we devoured him and his. It, we were truly the monsters, Cody. We devoured all of them. <laughs> we were definitely after after it was all it was all torn apart. We had that moment like they did in King Kong, where they look at each other and like, but who was really the monster here? Mm, yes, because. There was so many mixtures of sweets involved in this. Like there was so there was like we had three different types of cake. We had we had Twinkies and and like and like cupcakes and like and like we we had some more balls. We had some more cake balls because cake balls are fun. I mean, yeah. How can you? You can't just not have cake. No balls. cake balls. There was yeah, no cake balls. Like balls. Yeah, there was cake, like yeah. syrup. There was so much syrup and sprinkles. Oh, Cody. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to need a I towel? I am. I'm going to need so many towels. Like, I'm going to need, I'm, I'm gonna need like, towel per, like, snicker creature I devoured, thinking about it. Well, it was, it was actually really funny. Once we, once we, once we went all the way, and we went up there, we, Madison and I drove, like, Friday after work, went up there. We basically went up there to make a cake, go to a party, and come back. And, uh... It was funny because her sister's like, so how, you know, when we got back, whatever, her sister was asking us, she's like, so what are y'all doing? She's like, oh, we drove up there and spent the night Friday, went up there Saturday, hung out, you know, spent spent the night, they made this cake, and she's like, so you went up there for the, go to like a little celebration to make a cake? She's like, yeah, and she's like, kind of looks at me weird, I was like, apparently you don't realize the dynamic of our friendship. This this is what we do. We make cakes. Like, if there, if there's a cake to be made when the friend gets married, like, you don't care, you, on it. If they'd have given more notice, I imagine Jarrett would have been mm, there. Indeed, like I, I, I don't know who's getting the next cake, but I don't, I don't know how we're gonna. Man, we're gonna have to bring yeah, our. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna have to do next time. We're running out of ideas, man. We're running out of ideas. We're we're not running out of ideas. We're just we're just evolving. Ah, yes. What what do you think some new ideas should be? Well, I mean, I still think that there's there's steam in the Jello cake idea. I really do. Mm. Um. But I, I just, I don't think we've quite gotten that figured out yet, but I, I still think that there's theme in that. I don't know exactly what a um, hectic pie could be, but that could be a possibility. Ooh, very true. Um, I mean, any pie failed to be created properly is going to be hectic. <laughs> very true. I, uh, I definitely feel that Justin had, like, an extreme amount of fun doing this. Like, <laughs> he was so into this thing. Uh... Because we're over there, and we're, like, making it or whatever, and, you know, 
I guess as is tradition, I I like kind of start doing stuff. Like we all plan, and then I'm the one that does the boring shit where you just make the play the the landscapes or the just, before you can make you have to make cakes before you can make them hectic. <laughs> and so, so he's over there yeah, the mixing bowls. Yeah, like so I was over there doing that part, and then like once it came to like decorating, like you and Ernie came, or you and Justin came back in because they had to go to on a liquor run, and they were like. He's like, oh, okay, so now we gotta, like, do this and put, oh, oh, we need a little syrup here. And then, it, like, you know, then we decided apparently when a Snickers person dies, they get little, he's like, they get sprinkles of blood. Like, that's oh, their, yeah. that's their pixelated, that's their, like, pixelated death thing. So anytime one of them, one of them came, he's like, no, 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 like, one of them died, like, you know, we'd add, like, so Britt added a new dead one, and he, like, comes over and inspects real quick, and he's like, no, 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 this does we're almost out of sprinkles, no more can die, we've got consistency. <laughs> it was really, really funny. Uh, it was pretty amazing, for sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I... I, I was thoroughly impressed with it. It was it was a, a good time was had by all. I agree, and I, I think it went over quite it, it well. Conf- all the kids yeah, it confuses family members it. of like, why is there an ugly cake yeah. and why is there a ceremony around it? Yeah, like you know, what what is this? Why? Okay, your friends are weird. I think that's like my favorite thing is like we're all so proud of ourselves, like walking around beaming with joy and happiness over it, and like you know, and and they're. And they're just like, what? Why? Who does this? Okay. What happened? Did it fall over? Like, did, did you mean to do this? And then, like, of course, the best part about it is the the more the more of these you do, the more the more you have to explain the story. And you know, so every time we get to like retell, like, well, it all started one one day when Britt was confused <laughs> and thought he had to make his own bachelor cake. And and from there, you know, then from there, it, you know, it, it progressed on, and, you know, it just, it's really funny. It's like, well, like, let me tell you the entire story, and this was the theme with this one. This was the theme with that one. Like, this one we filled with pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do so. like the idea of filling the cakes. It, it, well, that's, all, that's, all, that's what we do with Matt's. Matt's had pudding in it. Yeah, I, I do enjoy that. That, that, is, that is hilarious. Yes, uh, so I, I I feel this is easily our, my favorite tradition that we do. Like, I, I definitely think this is my favorite. Because at this point, it's a thing. I, oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, like, 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 there, like, you there can't is, not now. There is question over, um, over like, uh, so someone else we know is getting married. There's a guy named Tim soon. And, like, he's, like, one of mm-hmm. Justin's friends. Like, well, does that count? Do we have to make him a hectic cake? I think we might have to. I mean, he's... Well, see, the way I look at it is anyone who participates in a hectic cake build can, pr- can, can spread-, spread the hectic... Can spread the hectic cake. Yeah. Tradition. So because Justin spread it, uh, now Tim can do it. Gotcha. Exactly. As long as he's the as long as he's the, takes part in the build of the yeah. cake, then yes, I think that he like, the same the same way with with you know since Matt Matt built a hectic you know helped build my hectic cake so then we, we you know whenever he got married I I assisted him and his cohorts in building that. Ah, hectic so now cake. so now they can build hectic cakes for other people. So exactly. it's kind of viral. So, so what you're he- saying hectic really, cakes. That's, that's, it's a know. lot like chlamydia. <laughs> it is, but we'll, Brit will always be patient zero, mm. just like chlamydia. Exactly. We all did catch chlamydia from Brent. We all did. Indeed. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud that we've all decided we've caught chlamydia from. Brent. Are you? You're like, if I was to catch it from somebody, that's who I'd want to catch it from. 
Well, isn't it? Like you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to catch. Cl- who? Okay, which of our friends would you like to catch chlamydia from? Like what? Because since Brit's, since we, yeah. Because still, by the way, Brit, if you're listening to this, I w- we still need an answer on who, <laughs> who you enjoyed in the makeout wheel because. You know, we were all sitting around opining about about good times and whatnot while we made cakes, and so like we all decided that if it was Ernie and and uh, Brewer lip locking in a makeout contest between Justin and I, if we were just like mad, like you know, dueling makeouts, you know, if that's if that's what we were, that's what was going on. We're like, okay, Britt, you walk in on this. Who do you join? Because that would be what his first thought would be. It would be like, I need to join, not like what the hell is going on. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be like, oh, I gotta put my lips to another set of lips in this. Oh man, there's so much hot man on man action right now. Um, like, we're like, who would you join? And he dodged it the entire, like, the entire time. We kept bringing it up, and he's like, well, you know, with the barometric pressure, and, you know, with the, the, th- I, not, none of them, and we're like, no, 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 you have to have an answer, so. Uh, I still, I'm still disappointed that we've never gotten. Yeah, one. like he tried to cop out. He's like, "Well, clearly, I would pull like you know Cody and Brewer off of the, their respective persons and join them in that three way." I'm like, "No, no, you have to choose. You have to, yeah, right. <laughs> you can't try to flatter us out of this. Yeah, you, yeah, no, no, no. You, you have to, you have to actually, actually have to like choose and tell us why we, but um. So, so, so in that same, in that, in that same vein, Brewer, if you were to get chlamydia from one of your friends, who would you pick and well, why? I mean, I could say something just to really creep people out here, and just like, just get everyone like, it's like, Cody, I'd, I'd like to get it from Madison. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just really, just go, go for the piss off. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel is an acceptable answer because that's funny. It is, but I guess to keep in in, in the realm of safety, um, hmm, who would I like? Well, it depends on like what the barometric pressure is, and like, did I go through the come into the room in the right door or the left door? Um, ooh, let's see. I think. I mean, I I feel the chances of getting chlamydia would be the largest from Ernie, so. Right. So I, I mean, I feel that's safe, and and honestly, I don't know what kind of weird, like you know, you know, like yellow fever I might get from Jarrett. <laughs> but I would think that if anybody had like the super polite, pompous chlamydia, mm. like the it actually you might get chlamydia, and it might be too good for you, and it wouldn't even you know, it wouldn't even mm. take. Just be kind of like, just be kind of like one of those things where it's like, ah, no, you're not good enough mm, for me. True. You get reverse chlamydia. <laughs> like it just hangs. It just like uses you as a carrier, and then it moves on to somebody it finds more. Yeah. Pompous. Um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with my answer, Bernie. I'd like to get chlamydia from him. <laughs> Cody, who would you like to get chlamydia from? <laughs> well, I think Brent is a pretty fun. It answer, is true. Just cause, you know, I thought it was but, too easy of an yeah, answer, yeah. though. Like I, I, I feel that Brent would be a fun answer, but hmm. Like Ernie's probably the same. You know what? I'll just say oh. you. Like, I would just like. I would just like. To, you like me? just because you're. Well, well, like because you, you'd probably find the greeting card. The sorry, I gave you cl- chlamydia green. Card. Oh, true, true. I mean, that that's gotta exist out there. I, I think so. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of like you know chlamydia hotline that I gave you the number for or something to that effect. Maybe it'd be done in song format. 
<laughs> like it's like all the dancers come in with the little straw hats and the striped shirts like we're sorry that you got chlamydia no 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 it's true i'm sure you would look over at me and be like like well, you may have given me chlamydia but but but, but i gave you vd <laughs> so it turns into like std STD wars I, here. I was thinking it was more like, oh, you, and then it fades to credits. No, okay, like oh, so we go like, and then like the soft like Charles in Charge style music plays. Uh, exactly, exactly. Which, by the way, I uh, I had a so the other night we went to, we went to Pluckers, which is like a wing bar thing uh-huh. here, and uh, it was it was tri- it was trivia night, and there was a Charles in Charge question. I'm building to this. So what they were doing was they were playing theme <laughs> songs to TV shows, re- like sped up to see if you could uh, recognize them. Which, by the way, Law and Order and CSI are very easy to do. So is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which I was very proud that I got because it, it, you know, it just really fast, but I picked it up pretty quick. Um, but anyway, they uh, one of the ones that there was Charles in Charge sped up and. Like, I just, I never had heard it in real, like, I've heard a variation of it, somebody singing it, but I've never actually heard it, heard it, and it was very funny to me. That we, I, I don't know if that episode's released or not, so. If, I think it has. If it has, enjoy. Okay, well, there you go. So, Charles in Charge, call Ah, back. yes, thank you. I, I know once I was at Trivia Night, and there was like, it was like us with the atheist group out at, at, at Trivia Night, and it was like, in in the tabletop game D&D, and we're like, yes! <laughs> we got this. We're in a barn. It's a D&D question. We're all gonna win. <laughs> well, like, it was, well, honestly, it was really fun for us until they started asking football questions. That's and the same we're like, thing happened yeah, to us as well. Okay. Like, ah, sports. Like, uh-huh. Not the sports ball. Like it, it, it's just one of those. But uh, I was very. I was the best part about it though was they're like going through theme songs, and so they did like, which it surprised me. They did the Full House theme song, which was then like led into Full House karaoke, where everybody started singing it. Which I I did not realize the following for Full <laughs> House was as strong as it was. Um, but I guess it did get a sequel on Netflix, so maybe people like that more than I thought. Yeah, they maybe. Did. Um, I, I guess if I had to pick a show of that ilk, I would pick Golden Girls every time over it. Oh, um, well, of course. Well, like, okay, what would yours be? Uh, <laughs> Andy Griffin show? Yeah, I, 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 um. <laughs> Law and Order? Quantum Leap. Yeah, like, are, are, are those, are those family drama shows? Uh, can I go with those? <laughs> um, I guess, uh, I guess Boy Meets World. I'll go with that. Because okay. I like to imagine that Mr. Feeney dies in a horrible algebra accident or something. <laughs> it comes back yes. as a car. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, the, the, there is another teacher in the school that, that, that gets deeply involved with, with his kids' lives. And it's, it's like the algebra teacher. And, like, one day he's tired of, like, Mr. Feeney stealing his shtick and, like, stabs him in the back. And, they, and they're like, ah, oh, yes, we can rebuild you. Don't worry, t- Mr. Feeney. You'll, you'll live on. But we'll have to give you a new name and identity. By the way, your body's going to be a car. <laughs> we can rebuild him. We can make him stronger, faster, better. And with a sweet T-top. <laughs> oh, Six-speed six manual transmission. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that. Yes. Um, oh, but the, the better part was uh, I got to channel you, and we uh, the there was... <laughs> It was the loudest, like, karaoke I've ever been a part of, of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh. 
Because we all we all loudly sang that. I'm glad. So, that was. Fun. I don't know if I've ever been known to loudly sing the French Bel Air, but I'm glad. <laughs> well, you, you haven't me. been known to loudly. You have to loudly sing other 80s slash 90s early raps. So oh, I just that, I'm channeled by that? you. <laughs> well, you know, I oftentimes have walked in and you've just been in there being like the funky Colt Medina. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad when you think of Will Smith, you think of me. <laughs> we are very similar people. <laughs> yes, you both you both make terrible dead shots. Yes, I think I'd make a good uh, dead shot. <laughs> I think you make a terrible one. Well, fine. Who do you think I'd make a good of? A good yes. of. Um. <laughs> let's see. Well, like, I'm, we, still, like, I'm, I'm assuming either like you know Doctor Samuel Beckett or perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> You know, ADA, you know, hang him high, McCoy. <laughs> see, see, I was, I was actually going to say, like, Hannibal, maybe, no. the A-Team, because I could see you loving it when a plan came together. I do. Um, it's my favorite part about the hectic cakes. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> I could not see you. I'm sorry. I just had a hard time of, like, who's the... No- you know, honestly, I don't think you'd be a bad Loki. Yeah. I really don't, because, like, you don't really do, like, conniving evil things. You just sort of, like, let loose chaos and let everybody have to deal with the consequences. Ah, and, and I am known to poke and people with that, the stick. That, that's very a you thing, because we do that now. Like, you do that now. Like, you'll move things or hide things, and they'll have to deal with the consequences mm. later. That's good to know. Oh, which, which, by the way, uh, Justin was telling me, I guess, like, for Britt's birthday, he stole one of his gnomes, like, two years oh, prior no, and like gave it back five to him. Years a, prior. And, like, gave it back to him as a birthday present, which was fucking amazing to me. I was very disappointed I hadn't heard that before. Like, the idea was the he was gonna steal the gnome and then, like, and then, like, make, like, a newspaper ransom note for it. <laughs> and, like, take, take pictures of it, like, with ropes around it and things. <laughs> but he was too lazy to ever do it. <laughs> I, do, I just, I enjoy the long con a lot. <laughs> so, like, that's really funny to me. Like, I've had this forever. I'm just going to give it back go. to you because I'm never going to do anything with this. You don't even remember it's your gnome anymore. <laughs> well, that'd be the thing with me. You could do that. And I'd be like, oh, I lost this so long ago. I'm so happy to see it. <laughs> or just give it back to you and be like, oh, I found something you'd love. Oh, man, I've always wished <laughs> I had one of these. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Actually, I'm sure that you already have given me or, like, whatever the... You probably already told me you were going to give me a copy of, like, the Atomic Bomb Survival Guide. And I didn't remember it at all. Like, that completely surprised me. And I was so happy. So. <laughs> Oh, like, I don't know if you told me or I not. I might have. I, Cody, I've been giving <laughs> you the same gift for, for for eight years in a row. Where do I keep getting all the copies of these? <laughs> it's like, I've always wanted this. These things just keep showing up. <laughs> well, I feel like that's what they would they would have done. Ah, <laughs> oh, indeed. Well, speaking of things I keep giving you, not not chlamydia, mm. um, a lot of times I give you quotes at the end of the show. Yes. Maybe I should do it. Would you like me to Would you like me to ask you I for one? I think so. I don't know. Do you have anything else? So, no, I'm good. 
Does anybody want anything else? If I did, I wouldn't tell you. Fuck you. Um, so, Brewer, do you have any good words to leave our illustrious listening audience with? Why, in fact, I do. From from a prophet on high who told us a little piece of, of useful insight in his darkest of hour. Perhaps one does not want to be loved so much as to be understood. Amen. <laughs> hey, listeners. I'm barely legal sucking on this big lollipop. I know I love to be airtight with bspodcast.us. Pull on my pigtails as you download us via iTunes and Stitcher. I love it in my schoolgirl uniform. <laughs> Spank me with their Facebook page or Twitter page. Big tentacles, oh my! Mm, gotta go! It's like the Olsen twins, but but in literature form. <laughs>